During this time on this retreat, we've been exploring that beautiful quality of the heart, metta, loving kindness, and cultivating what is already a natural expression of the heart. When we let go of the greed, the aversion, and delusion, the heart responds. It recognizes itself everywhere. And beginning today, we're going to spend time on the others of the Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes. I think most of you know, but just to be clear, we've been with Metta. And then the next one is Karuna, compassion. And then Mudita, or appreciative joy. And then Yupeka, equanimity. And it's useful, I think, to recognize that, and you've probably noticed this in your experience, that these four Brahma-viharas are like, it's, they're divided into this nice, neat little four-part package. But that isn't really the way they are experienced. There's a experience of the heart being open and available. And depending on conditions, the heart receives what they, what's there and responds. And we can orient it in a particular direction. For instance, like in metta, we're specifically oriented towards seeing the goodness, seeing the goodness in other people and wishing them well. And when we move into compassion, we're recognizing that there is suffering and that that universal experience of suffering and pain. And we're acknowledging that and letting this open heart, this tender, vulnerable heart, see that and meet it. But it's not like it all divides out neatly. I want to read you a poem that I appreciate from Rosemary Watula Tromer called For When People Ask. I want a word that means okay and not okay. A word that means devastated and stunned with joy. I want the word that says I feel it all, all at once. The heart is not like a songbird singing only one note at a time, more like a Tuvan throat singer able to sing both a drone and simultaneously two or three harmonics high above it. A sound, the Tuvans say, that gives the impression of wind swirling among rocks. The heart understands the swirl, how the churning of opposite feelings weaves through us like an insistent breeze, leads us wordlessly deeper into ourselves, blesses us with paradox, so we might walk more openly 
into this world so rife with devastation, this world so ripe with joy. So as we move through these Brahma Viharas, these divine abodes, we're attuning and opening and inviting our heart that it's okay to feel it all, that it's okay to uh, have our heart broken open. One thing that is really interesting as we move into compassion, because when we're in compassion, we're touching the suffering of the world. And this is where it's very useful to remember that compassion is a divine abode. It is a, a beautiful quality of the heart. It is not empathetic suffering. If as you do your compassion practice, you notice that you're being taken down into suffering, that, you're, that your mood is dropping, that you're feeling overwhelmed, then there's a major adjustment that's needed. That's not the direction the practice leads. Sometimes those, what's happening in the, those, those cases where we start to do that is some of the neighbors of compassion. Some call it the near enemy, but the neighboring impressions are coming in. It might be that the experience of pity, not pity, pity, is coming in, where we have this feeling of somebody, oh, I feel bad about your suffering, but there's a kind of looking down at them and a kind of like standing off. You're sort of holding them over there and you over here in a kind of, mm, I'm not really in it with you. And you can feel what that's like. You think of someone who, when that comes up in your practice, there's a, there's a little bit of conceit, a little bit of better than in there. And then sometimes also other neighboring feelings can be of grief or overwhelm, despair. And this is when we've lost balance and the suffering has overwhelmed us. And this really points to the need, how these Brahma Viharas have to work together. With the pity, we need to be able to see the goodness to see the, the wellness and the um, beautiful heart of someone so that when we see their suffering, we appreciate the person, not just the suffering. And when we start moving towards overwhelm or grief, we've left out the equanimity. We've left out the understanding of causes and conditions that there's and that each person is on their path, and that we can care about them, we can wish them to be free of suffering, but it is the nature of this world. And, there are, and we cannot fix it. 
When we get overwhelmed, there's actually a very strong sense of I present, that I should be able to do something. So check and see that. It is useful to mention because we have them here in the room, these beautiful uh, archetypal images and the icon at the back, the rupa of Kuan Yin. And Kuan Yin is the embodiment of this quality of compassion. She's spoken of as one who hears the cries of the world. And one of the things that I really like, the Kuan Yin in the back has this posture that is, it's, I think it's called like the royal posture, but it's like she's very, very relaxed. Sometime when you go by, you can look at her, she's very relaxed. And yet, unlike the Buddha, she is awake. She's looking at the world. And one foot is in a position where she can step out. So there's a contactfulness. Rather than purely being internal, there's a relationship happening. And I think this is one of the things that makes all of these divine abodes and compassion too, what makes them so beautiful is that there is connection. There's the understanding, like, I see your suffering. And I know and I understand this. And I could be there too. And we're all in this together. And when we're all in this together, it's different. A lot of times we hear stories of when there is a major disaster, a natural, you know, like a natural disaster, a tsunami or something big that happens, how many people step up? You know, I just think in my community last summer, there was huge flooding. There was, I live along the Colorado River and the little creek that flows through the middle of town was twice the size, almost twice the size of the Colorado River in volume. It went through the middle of town. And the natural movement to be in it together. You've seen it. To step in and feel, oh, the compassion has this quality of, I'll do what I can, but what I definitely can do is be in it with you. I'll read you one more poem and then we'll do the practice together. Open-eyed. The more we open our eyes, the more the heart breaks. Still, the invitation to open our eyes, to choose to live brokenheartedly, as on this day when I hear again of the pain and suffering of humans. And the heart breaks and breaks, and I feel how it is in the breaking that the heart stays open. 
On the windowsill, the amaryllis has opened two enormous blooms of red, and I am so rich with the gift of it, as if this one flower is teaching the heart how to unfurl its lush petals as it moves from tight bud to spaciousness, dusting the world around it with gold. So let's settle into our posture. And as always with the Brahma Vihara practices, it's really useful to be comfortable. So see if you can adjust yourself. It's difficult to dust the world with gold if you're in a state of pain. So if you're sitting on the floor and you'd be happier in a chair, go ahead and move there. Give yourself that gift. Take a moment to just scan through the body and see what adjustments might be useful. See where there's any tension that you might let go. Let yourself feel the earth beneath you. Let yourself feel that you are being held. This earth hugging you towards her. This land with its trees and its hills and the animals. Compassion is a courageous practice, and it's very useful if we realize that it's bigger than just me, that we are surrounded by support. Let yourself feel the support of the practice, the room, the hills, the trees. And as you feel that, let yourself soften into it a little more. And although we're orienting our practice in a particular way, it's not like you need to make something happen. This, this, this responsiveness of the heart is as natural as it gets. You don't need to make anything happen. So feeling your body sitting here, feeling the support, And letting your attention come to the heart center. If it's useful for you, because you've noticed that touching this area allows there to be more connection, you could do that now or any time during the practice.
and allow yourself to bring to mind someone you know that you care about that has some element of difficulty in their lives. I encourage you to not bring the most extreme person. We always start with the Brahma-Vihara practice with where it's easiest. So bringing someone that you care about, that has suffering, but is not so likely to produce overwhelm in you, where where there can be some balance. And you might bring an image of them to mind. And just feel the natural responsiveness of your heart. Notice that you don't even have to do anything. As you sense this person or being... Notice how your body responds, how your heart responds. And you might add a phrase or two that just naturally comes. Something like, I care about your pain and difficulty. I'm with you in this challenge at this time. I care about you. And wish you freedom from this suffering. And there may be some particular phrase for a particular situation that arises. May you find peace and ease. Or may you find healing. Letting yourself sense the person Feeling your heart. Offering phrases. It can just be one phrase that you say, or there might naturally come one or two. And remember that if you do start getting overwhelmed or into grief and despair. This too is part of the practice. It's not the point of the practice, but it is in a certain way. It's the purification. We see where we're clinging, where we're trying to make something happen, where we're resisting the reality of this is the way it is.
So you might notice that, and if you start falling off balance, you might need to add a phrase of equanimity, something like, this is the way it is, and I care about your suffering. Being sure to not get involved in the story, not getting into a whole lot of thinking, and staying right here with the felt sense. And you might even sense the tenderness, the certain sweetness of bringing this person to mind and caring about them. That there's a realness in your heart. Being with the truth touches us deeply in all aspects of our practice. This is hard. I care about you, and I care about this suffering.
You may choose to come back to this person. But for a few minutes, we're going to turn the tables a little bit. So letting that person go, not abandoning them. They still have a corner in your heart. But letting them step aside. And this quality of care that you've cultivated, this attitude, let that begin to turn towards yourself. So taking a moment to just feel your own challenges. They could be little, you know, like just the things that have happened today, right here. This moment, they might be bigger things. What are some of the challenges or suffering that you carry of body or mind, of situation? Let yourself acknowledge that these are here. And just as you sent care to your friend, let yourself receive that care. And you might simply offer it to yourself, acknowledging this is hard. If you find that challenging, when that the person that you've used as a friend and benefactor and metta, the person that you care about, you might let yourself imagine just as you were sending it to someone with difficulty. Allow them to send it to you. Feel their care. Perhaps it's that person or someone else in your life that you know cares about you and cares about the difficulties. I care about this suffering. May I have ease. May this pain or grief or sadness, may it pass. You might even do it with your friend. You might say, may we together hold this suffering. May we hold this challenge in the tenderness of our hearts.
Notice if there's any sense that you want to get rid of it or that if you do this, somehow you'll solve it or fix it. And then it's useful to acknowledge this is the way it is. This is the challenge. This is suffering, and I care about this suffering. I care about this body, this mind, this heart. Staying connected to the heart center, not getting involved in a big story. This simple, generous act of caring.
And you can continue offering this care and compassion to yourself. Or you can return to the friend, the person you care about, or some combination of the two. Or you may find that the meta phrases come back in if they're running strong in you. And the meta phrases, when they meet suffering, have a quality of compassion in them. So if that happens, that's fine too. Or if you find that the purification aspect the challenge of it is really strong, then you can let your practice return to the Vipassana. Meet whatever is here, being responsive and compassionate to what he is here in this moment. That's the core of the practice.
You might find it useful to end the practice by once again feeling your body here, perhaps sending a little bit of metta and appreciation to yourself. We'll post a list of um, possible phrases for Karuna and the other Brahma Viharas out on the board out there, if that's useful for you. And I thought ended a few minutes early just to see if any questions came up for you about this practice as you stepped into it. That's one. You mentioned uh, the quality of being being there in the mix with the person who's suffering, and you also mentioned not being dragged down into the suffering. Mm -hmm. And I'd like you to say a little bit more about the differentiation there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because I realize that can sound confusing. It's like, um, because part of it, and part of it's a weaving back and forth, I think, is the, the balancing of the sense of connection that I I know this suffering. I understand it as best I can. Some we don't know exactly, but this sense of um we're we're in this together as human beings, as beings of this planet and this place and this time and these bodies that uh a kind of acknowledgement like you're not cut off. I'm I'm here and I understand this. So that's the one aspect that's very important. And then the other aspect, though, is that acknowledging this is the way it is, and this is not actually your suffering to take on and to um, 
mm, and to be subsumed in the suffering itself. So it's the distinction between being with the person rather than being with the suffering. That's maybe one way of feeling it, like being with the person who is experiencing or the being that is experiencing the suffering rather than getting subsumed in the empathy of the suffering itself. Does that help? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think there's some weaving back and forth we do between acknowledging it and and then also being in it and also acknowledging this is the way it is. So one other thing, one piece of this is you can see where you are by how your heart's responding. So be responsive. I'm sort of saying that, you know, that old Ajahn Chah thing of go a little left, go a little right. It's like if you find yourself getting overwhelmed, ah, that's a good place to, to back up some and to go, this is the way it is. I care about your suffering, but I'm not, this is not mine to carry. And then if you feel yourself a little distant and have capacity to be, ah, I know this. Yeah, thank you for the question. Thank you. You spoke, you mentioned that meta phrases might be appropriate, and that's what immediately came up for me in terms of uh, those are what I wish for everybody, and particularly people who are suffering. Um, so I wonder if there's anything else to say about the distinction besides that you're maybe looking towards suffering specifically with that phrases. Yeah, that's the main thing. You might discover as we move towards the compassion that, oh, when I've been doing the metta, I've, I've been including quite a bit of suffering in certain places, you know, of the compassion, because I've been bringing in the suffering of that person. The metta, you know, in its mm, fundamental form is seeing the goodness in somebody or in another being, or in a situation, and all beings, and wishing well for that. But a lot of times when we do meta, we can't help but see also, especially when we get to like friend, or neutral, or difficult person, we often sense the suffering there. And so the phrase has, the phrases often include that. So it probably has a little bit to do with how you've been holding the meta phrase. And also, I mean, Obviously, a phrase like, you know, may you have ease is totally applicable in terms of just when somebody's doing well, we're wishing them ongoing ease. And when there's difficulty there, we can offer that also then. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So please continue with your practice. If you're... um, you may find it useful at times to, we'll continue with this. There'll be uh, more guidance with this tomorrow during the Brahma Vihara. But if you haven't already, you can bring this practice in when something uh, comes in. You feel 
a difficulty or suffering, you have a, a, a body pain or a difficult mental state come in, then you may have been doing metta before, but you might find that actually doing compassion practice is more appropriate. And uh, the difference is that in the compassion, you start by acknowledging that there's a difficulty and there's suffering here. And you start with acknowledging that and being willing to be with that. And then continuing with the offering of care. So thank you for bringing your courageous hearts to this practice. Please continue. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.